Yeah, it is so satisfying when you do one of these interviews when I stand in front of a great guitar player, in this case, Jamie West Orem from The Fix, and then you listen back and you just hear the sound like you were there. You hear it in stereo. Here's a clip. Yeah, we all know that song. One of the great platinum hits from The Fix. One thing leads to another. Today's show is brought to you by Tascam. Couldn't have done it without them. They've got this great product, man, for podcasters. It's called the Mixcast 4. If you're going to get into podcasting or any kind of streaming and stuff and doing a little multi-tracking, it's killer. Four dual XLR slash quarter-inch inputs. Great for microphones or plugging guitars direct, using effects pedalers or modelers, or even drum machines, whatever. Easy plug and play, man. You can pull the mix cast out of the box, plug it in, start recording and streaming in a matter of minutes. Of course, you can record directly to an SD card or to your favorite software on your computer. You can even record multi-track files on the SD card for editing later. That's what I do. I'm sitting on the plane listening to this stuff. More on that story in a second. Dang. So yeah, it's got built-in effects processing too. You can add EQ, compression, even reverb on your inputs. It's also got special inputs for USB or smartphone and Bluetooth. So you can play along to your favorite songs or practice the solo against another track or have phone calls come in, talk to someone on the phone straight into your session. It's so dope. And it's lightweight and portable. The Mixcast 4 can go anywhere with you. So you can record and stream on the fly. It's also got these cool sound pads where you can tap them and have samples stored in there. If you want to do like a radio show kind of thing. Very cool. Mixcast 4. And they brought us a great guitar player today. Thank you, Tascam. So yeah, welcome to episode 153 of No Guitar Is Safe, the guitar show where guitar heroes plug in. Plugging in today, man, an icon of 80s rock and beyond. The coolest riffs, multi-platinum guitar player Jamie West Orem. My name is Jude Gold, and I was thrilled to go over to their rehearsal. You know, they are, of course, from England, and they had just rolled into town, and I was getting off the plane, and the rehearsal studio was right there, and I just hopped over there with a couple mics, went into their room. Jamie was just setting up his pedal board because it had been kind of deconstructed as he uh, traveled across the Atlantic. Miraculously, the pedals all work. I mean, the signal flow was intact on the first try, and that glorious stereo sound that you already heard a clip of was happening. And that was a thrill for me because I've been a fan of The Fix since I was a punk kid, like 14, first week of the ninth grade. I had just turned 14 and uh, I went to one of these Day on the Greens, probably my third Day on the Green. If you're not from the Bay Area, you might not know about these, but these were incredible concerts, multi-band festival shows put on by the late great Bill Graham. And before I ever got to go to them, they used to have bands like Led Zeppelin, Journey, Aerosmith, Van Halen, ACDC with Bon Scott, you know, great shows. The first one I ever saw was a year before the one I'm about to tell you about, and it was The Who and The Clash opening. I mean, how great is that? And this was The Who's farewell tour, by the way. Of course, they're still touring. (laughs) That's kind of funny, but that's what all the bands do. Keep it going. Later, I would see U2. But uh, this one was uh, maybe my second one, and it was The Police with several cool bands and The Fix in the support slot. I don't know about you, but I just love it 
when an opening band shocks the audience. You know, when you see a concert and maybe you know of the opening band or maybe you don't, but they, they stun you by having such an amazing set sometimes. And I kind of think it was the case at this concert. Maybe even a little more magical than the headliner. I kind of think The Fix had a super magical show that day, and I think Jamie agrees. The sound was so clear and the guitar so just crystalline and the groove so fat. crowd was just loving it. And then this weird phenomenon happened that we're going to talk about, the the blizzard of cups. And uh, we kind of breezed through it in this interview, but it was really a phenomenal moment, unlike any I've ever seen at a concert. And uh, my good friend Adam Johnson, who I was just talking to on the phone, agrees. He was there. I didn't even know him yet. I would meet him later in high school, but he was there too. He said it was the coolest thing he's ever seen. So yeah, they had a magical set and I've been a fan ever since. And then one more story here, but I got to share this story with you because it kind of reinforces my faith in humanity. I'm listening to that same file I played at the beginning of this episode, like just to make sure everything's in place. And I got my laptop open. It's five in the morning. It's a United Airlines flight. Luckily, I fly so much with Jefferson Starship that I've been upgraded. And this time I took a nice window seat up there, you know, 3F, and I'm listening, like, everything's good, cool, I'm going to work on this on the plane, but it's time to take off, so I put the computer in the black bag, leaned it against the wall, and then I lean back, drifting off, we're taxiing down the runway, we're about to take off. The captain comes on and says, sorry folks, we got a fuel valve problem, we're going to have to go back to the terminal, get you on another plane. Like, no! Miraculously, they got us on a plane within like 45 minutes and I got the same cushy seat. So I'm happy about that. Now we're taxiing again. And all of a sudden I look in my backpack and I fucking freak out because I realize I left my laptop against the wall on the previous plane. Oh my. I turn on Find My on my iPhone and I can see my laptop is over in the maintenance yard. Obviously, that's where the plane is, like a mile or two away from the terminal. Long story short, after many calls to United and, and, and honestly, some prayers, United found it. The maintenance people brought it to the right place. The lost and found people did the right thing. I got them to put my name on it. Apple did the right thing by making it so easy to find the serial number right on my phone. And they held on to it for like four days and four nights and kept it safe gave it back to me around midnight on Sunday night when I landed. Thank you, United, and thank you for all you faceless, nameless people who I don't know who protected this podcast, this treasure, and everything else on my laptop. Of course, all the files are backed up in multiple places. You don't think I'm crazy, but nonetheless, good feeling right there. So yeah, we're going to head over to The Fix's studio as they're already now on the tour that they were rehearsing for that day that we did this interview about a week ago. So cool. And uh, I had to put a gate on the mics on this one because there's a loud air conditioner in there. So the, the voices are a little gated. I always like to tell you a little bit of the technical details because you know what? This podcast is an adventure. We drop that helicopter into the parking lot of these places and then, you know, we get the job done any way we can to bring you these great guitar hangs. It was really fun. I got to meet Jamie's wife, too, who's uh, in the interview for a second, Bibi. 
and that's about it. He's plugging a Fender Strat through a couple of Fender amps, and right as the interview finished, he got another sore. So he's got two sores on the road on this tour and at least one Fender Strat. Very cool. So thanks again to Tascam's Mixcast 4 for making this interview happen. And you all know what to do. Keep it alive till you're 95. Let's go see what Jamie's playing. It's so great to see you in person, Jamie. This is spectacular. You may not remember this, but I was the journalist at Guitar Player Magazine. We spoke for a bit when we did our top 50 tones of all time. And oh, we, yeah. I and knew we, I recognized yeah. the, your name, Jude. Yes. And that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Exactly. And that was, you know, probably 2007 or something. Yeah. That and was, I, a, you know what? That was such an honor to be alphabetically between Leslie West and Link Ray. Sweet. <laughs> it's the, yeah, I it never really put get, that together. Yeah, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, I think that we voted you, uh, like, you know, best clean Strat tone or, or something, or defining squashed 80s Strat or something. <laughs> I don't know what the category was, but it yeah. had to do with a sound like what you just played, which is uh, um, imprinted on anyone's mind who uh, loves pop and rock squashed music. Squashed and uh, kind of chorusy. Yeah, yeah, and you have the beautiful MXR stereo chorus. Unfortunately, you've got the tape over the knob, so we can't see your secret settings. They're, well, they're not secret, I can tell you. <laughs> Remember, yeah. Well, I know, it's in probably just to keep them in place on the, on the road. Yeah. The, that's just purely so I, my clumsy feet yeah. don't uh, send things awry, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, the last time I saw you in person was, I think, September 10th, 1983. Remember where you were? Uh, no, it could have. I don't think we ever knew where we were, actually. You were. In you that remember year. this gig? This was with the police at the Oakland Stadium. Oh, yeah. That's, and yeah, that was. There was like Oingo Boingo played, Madness, uh, Thompson Twins. Yeah. This was one of those rare moments where I personally, and I think a lot of people there, felt like the support band stole the show. Police were great. Yeah, of but course. But you guys had a phenomenal set. And I was happy that you opened with One Thing Leads to Another. Because like those kind of songs were just cutting through so strong on that giant PA system, and it's it's like a very clean guitar part, but it's also very aggressive and funky. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's a contradiction in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, right. but um, I remember that show really clearly. Yeah. Was, you remember the cups yeah. flying? Of course, yeah. When, it's when we played Lost Planes on all these paper cups. No, pa- was, paper plates started flying around well, this, like flying saucers. It was at Oakland Stadium. Yeah. And uh, yeah, those they were actually cups that were stamped flat. Those were, oh, is that what they, they were? Like, you know those uh-huh. wax cups? They have a good weight to them when they stamp them flat. Yeah. <laughs> like a boomerang or yeah, something. Yeah, like, kind of like a Frisbee, maybe. Yeah, so it was a, a blizzard in that. the middle of your set. I've, I've been to a few of those day on the greens, but, you know, saw the Who there, a couple of yeah, U2. That, that, oh, really? Yeah. But never saw that phenomenon of the blizzard of cups, and you were there. No. That was a, quite a moment. Yeah. I wish there was a video of it. Can you tell yeah. us how you tracked 
that guitar part that you just played for one thing? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I can, actually. I, I was the first in. I just played it to a click. Oh. In one, I think it was in one take. You rock a copper and this heat why don't they do what they say? Or maybe they might have dropped me in once. Yep. And that was it. And you had so that was that was quite challenging, having nothing to bounce off, just a. And why did they track you alone in first? Um, I don't know. I think you're holding the band together with that one, probably. (laughs) Maybe that was the plan. Whether it worked, well, it did work, didn't it? Yeah, and so it was the uh, Ibanez, I guess? Uh, that was an Ibanez blazer, which I still have. Oh, cool. You still have it. And it was through a couple of Marshalls or something? A couple of Marshall JMP1 combos. Yeah. Um, and again, that's kind of a contradiction because Mar- when you say Marshall, you think a roaring kind of overdriven sound. Yeah, yeah. But... With those, I I used to like those because I'd crank the master volume up full and then turn the preamp up just enough so it started to get interesting. Yeah. And then leave it. And then then you uh, had the stereo effect of the... I think it was this, yeah. Yeah. The the MXR stereo chorus, yeah. Yeah, you gave me the best quote in that little article. You were like, people come up to me and say, nice vintage MXR chorus there. And you say, I bought that brand new in like 1980. It's not, I'm vintage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So uh, did you have a little bit of a slap back on that or a little echo, a little delay or something to make it even more juicy or how, what would you do with uh, that? that? Well, there might be something like that, yeah. but it, that wouldn't have come from me. That would have been a Steve Taylor trick. What about live? Do you uh, just play it just dry? Just I mean, like, just, oh. like this. It's just... Yeah. Uh, um, a compressor. And what's your compressor? MXR, and that's it. What's your compressor of choice these days? These days, it's the Sir Koji Comp. Oh, cool! It's very, you know, it's very extreme if you yeah. want it to be. I love that. And it's got lots of uh, confusing settings, but I think I've just about got on top of it now. How did you come up with that part? What was the inspiration? I mean, it's got a nice syncopation to it. It's it's meaty. It's like you know, not all British pop guitar players were playing like that at that time where, where is there any specific inspiration or spice in there i think i was uh at the time i was very much i was listening to nile rogers ah, yes. talking heads lots of reggae at the time uh-huh. uh and i suppose those elements came together and i remember starting up uh, thinking it's not finished it's not that's not it, it needs more like And then I need to do that or yeah, or something like that. But in the end, I couldn't think of anything. So I just did that little figure. And then what do I do now? Oh, maybe that's it. So I stayed on that chord, B flat minus seven. Can I film a little teaser video of you playing that for a second? Or yeah, what do sure. you That's dope. So the chorus itself has almost like a little touch of a 
slap back to it or something. Yeah, well, that's how yeah. I, I believe that's how it works. Yeah. It's a, the original it's, signal and a yeah. slightly delayed signal. Yeah. But they're both modulating. Yeah. And weaving around each other, and you yeah. hear hear them when they're panned. It sounds interesting. Anything else you want to say on about that song and its kind of impact on your life and career, or just looking back on it, it's been like forty years of it. Yeah, I'm. I think that we. I think the whole band feels the same way about that track. It's one that we that came kind of out of nowhere, out of a jam, and we all we were all involved, and it's one of those ones where we're all going, okay, what? Let's so the bridge. What chord do we go to now? And we don't need one. I don't think we need one because it, it's got a built-in chorus. It's almost got a kind of an extra bonus chorus yeah. to it. So it's um, the so size um, content kind of defines the whole thing really, and and we're just yeah. playing off each other in the end, and that's it worked out. Yeah, it's got really some well. cool, cool rhythmic breakdowns in the middle. Now let's jump ahead yeah. to 2022. I did not realize that you were not only a good singer, but a great singer. A woman of flesh and blood, I want to look at you. Woman of the world, I want to talk to you. And is, is that your first big song where you're singing lead vocals? Uh, there's another song called Sweet Pandemonium yeah. that's kind of not, not a mainstream fixed song, right. if you like. It, it was never... Um, it did come out on, on a, an album, the name of which I forget. It's kind of like a, uh, a weird but wonderful compilation of uh, unusual right. tracks. Well, tell us about this uh, song. Um, can you play us a little bit of the guitar part for it? Yeah, it sounds um, like there might be two guitar parts. Yeah, the the chords first yeah. of all. Then I uh, I can't do both at once, unfortunately. Yeah. But G minor, I'll just play it. So that's that's the chorus. Yeah. Well, that's not the loud bit. I call right. the loud bit the the verse B kind of thing. Right. Okay. Maybe yeah. The loud bit. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting oh, you got it. That's Sai singing that bit. The loud bit. Oh, yeah. So I'm so singing the kind of... Uh, oh, I see. Woman of flesh and blood, I want to yeah, look at you. Oh, so it's a duet. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we trade lines on that. Yeah, it's a beautiful... And then I sing the verse A's and Sai sings the verse B's. And what are you playing on the loud bit? I'm just going to... Yeah. Nine hundred and ninety-nine out of a thousand guitar players would have played a F major there, but I that know. F minor. Where? Why did you do that? 
I just wanted to see what would happen if I played F minor instead. It was an experiment. Yeah. And I didn't really know what it's going to sound like till, What's till it? it happened. It's so kind of weird by itself, but then with the vocals, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of you nailed it really actually because you'd expect, which is kind of nicer, but yeah. we don't always want it to be nicer, do we? It's kind of this is. Yeah. It's kind of it's, it goes dark for a minute. Yeah. That's the dark bit, and then it resolves yeah. to C. So it's kind of um, it starts on G minor, but really that the chorus is in the key of C. Yeah. Arguably. Sure. So you you go from a a five minor, and then a f four. Yeah. Minor, four minor, to the one. Exactly. I can totally see that. Now, <laughs> congratulations on this album, Every Five Seconds. I mean, it sounds Thanks. incredible. Every song is just juicy and funky and jumps out of the speakers. I really dig it. Um, so many great moments on it, too. Like, I don't know, Closer, Wake Up. How many yeah. songs do you guys plan to play on this tour from it, or... We're just going to see uh, in rehearsals, but we're yeah. not. I don't think we're going to play the whole album. Right, right, right. I think you know, an audience comes to hear. They kind of they want to hear certain songs. Oh yeah. It's like if the Stones didn't play Jumping Jack Flash, say, or something like. That. I'm not <laughs> saying we're I'm not comparing us. Oh no, of course. But, you know. Yeah, you don't want riots in the, in, the, <laughs> in the seats. Can I just quickly yeah. go back to The Woman of Flesh and Blood? Oh, please, yeah. It's, uh, it, I wrote 90% of the lyrics. Yeah. And it's about Baby that you can see over there. So oh, it's, yeah. It's, I, it's I was a hoping it was about her. Otherwise, you might be in trouble. I was hoping <laughs> it was about her. So it's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a sort of, it's a love song mixed up with uh, some weird paranoid images. Yeah. And it's the the idea of, being tormented and then then it's all okay are you doing the whole tour bb you see how see how you like it see how it goes <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah well this is anyway, a great tour you have coming up here is this the first leg and then you have another leg exactly yeah right. this is a short short leg and then the longer yeah. one well if you wanted to move along through some yeah, of yeah. these songs um i don't know uh which one were we talking about maybe um Red skies. Would you like to show us a little bit of what you? Yeah, well, it's got this. Got this kind of very kind of obvious intro. Yeah. Actually, it would be. Um, yeah. I'm gonna get this delay on it. I use that same one, the Boss DD500. Yeah. So we got. And then etc. etc. Beautiful jangle happening there.
was there any particular inspiration behind that guitar part or that you borrowed that you uh you know branched out of that that i remember when we came up with that together that was a very much yeah. the fixed together kind of a song yeah we written in a, a derelict factory where we used to squat and rehearse yeah nice so yeah. that and i don't quite remember the starting yeah. point i think it was size red skies at night image yeah. which uh you can a lot of people they they that's maybe all yeah. they remember from it yeah red skies at night oh yeah you know that's what i remember and they for them it means that for other people it could mean something a little bit you know could be a night a beautiful thing or a yeah. darker thing you know yeah so and for to get to run your sound nowadays tell us about the amps that you like to bring on the road oh well, i've um these days i i typically use two uh fender hot rod devils running in stereo from the yeah three no four stereo effects i've got and which, and which are clean oh yeah uh well the the chain of events is the the comp compressor the koji yeah. comp uh the uh overdrive you know at the moment it's uh what is it i can hardly sl little oh, yeah, the, thing and i'm, I'm constantly experimenting trying to get yeah. the perfect overdrive the boost um vermuram mm -hmm. overdrive which is really cool the ua starlight delay get some really lush sounds from that oh yeah um What's the stereo chorus? The uh, DD Boss DD five hundred, very yeah. nice, very versatile delay with lots of programs. Yeah. The Boss slicer, which very underrated thing, and yeah. it's. Uh, I'm going to experiment with a little MIDI uh, clock on this tour and see if I can get Have the it. two of them talking to each other. Do you guys play on a click with the like? This yeah, Adam playing a yeah, click. Yeah, most songs are played to a click. So then, yeah, you can so lock I know up that, the slicer, So right. we've got the BPMs yeah. written on the set list. Oh, in the old know. days, it seems like your delays were timed with the groove, too, on certain songs back if in I the day. If I was lucky, yeah. Yeah, was it just pure luck? There was no... <laughs> <It> was pure. <laughs> yeah. No tap tempo. Can we hear the slicer for a second? I don't know if you have any oh, yeah. settings. Yeah. It's nice with a delay as well. Beautiful. I don't know why I'm playing here. I don't really like it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's kind of a... Well, you want to knock cool out a couple more songs? Yeah, sure. Let's see, what do you think? Uh, Save by Zero, man. Give me... Yeah. Yeah. So it goes on, then we got etc. 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 And then we got the chorus, it's just a Yeah. Sounds so beautiful in stereo like that. Yeah. Cheers. Anything else you want to say about that song and, you know, how it cre evolved? or? Uh, well, or uh, it started from uh, Adam putting this 6-8 uh, groove into a little drum machine. So the two of, two of us 
put something down and then somewhere along the line it we decided no let's play it straight straight right. four four i was tuned i tuned a guitar the a was tuned up to a b oh, it's really? quite unusual so i got this um minus sixth effect i don't know if i can really oh cool right i got that happening that would have been a normal bar chord fingering wise yeah Without having to do all those yeah. calisthenics there. So, yeah. uh, but I don't, you know, ideally, yeah. I suppose I'd have a guitar tuned to that way. But now, you know, it, it evolved so that um, it was all covered by the other guys in the band. So I, I just play effectively a yeah. F sharp yeah. minor and then E minor, F, F sharp minor, and they're all playing an A. Yeah. So like that's so yeah. you get that kind of. Tell us about your guitar that you are touring with. I assume this is the number one guitar. Well, um, or I'm sir? I that you look at the the sir. Just uh, yeah, there's a sir next to me in a case right it's here. It's kind Beautiful. of yeah. It's um that's a replica of the an old um no uh, an old uh, Schecter. Oh right, guitar the Schecter that John Sir put together. Yeah, and I bought it from Rudy's in New York in the early '80s. And that kind of got a bit worn out over the years, so they offered to build me a replica. And uh, so there it is. Very sweet. It's, and it's, a, it's a, a real beauty. It EMGs. needs a bit of work. So this, at the moment yeah. I'm playing, this is a, a Fender 62 reissue. Yeah. Uh, I love it. It's a great guitar. It's You know how uh, the whole thing about a 62 reissue, everything's made like just like the original. So what do you do yeah. when you get that? Do you keep it like that? Be very careful. No, you change the pickups, you change the scratch plate, you just make <laughs> yeah. it your own. Make it how, yeah. get it how you like it. I love all that, but I wish they would put a twenty-second fret on them. They're always like, "No, we got to keep it original." Yeah, twenty-one. I know frets. what you mean. Yeah, it's. I can see there's room for it right there. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds uh, killer. Yeah, and uh, so they're going to let me uh, use another yeah. guitar of theirs on this tour as well. So anyway, great company, sir. Oh yeah, yeah. love that and Fender. Well, I think we need one more song. Okay. What do you think? Um, stand or fall, or one of the new ones? Some the, uh, some guitar part you'd oh, like to play? Um, there's a. I think one of the. Uh, you know, I love all the songs on the new album, but this one I'm going to play is quite a simple chord sequence. Yeah. That I came up with, and I sent it over to Sai, and yeah. he put a vocal on it, and these, couple of other things, and we were we went. I think we got a song here, haven't we? So it's um. It's called Suspended in Make Believe. And these are the, it's like. That's the verse, and then the chorus. So anyway, I think live I'm probably right. not going to use the stereo chorus. I'm going to keep it nice and simple, and then you know let it. You mean on this song? 
Yeah. Yeah. And then kick it in when you need to. Maybe in the choruses. You take your us advice not men not all guitar players have experience or know how to play stereo live like how do you get it, that beautiful sound to make sure that it's reaching the audience the correct way isn't do you want it fully left right in the pa or do you want it like this like that like, tell us about it so you're left saying right. you're well, saying nine o'clock and three o'clock but I'd let, hey oh wait 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 but roby's <laughs> i stand corrected ten o'clock two o'clock so yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, because I guess if you're sitting all the way on the very edge of their arena, you still want to hear some. Yeah, you're right. These... Otherwise, it could sound kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they don't yeah, come. Yeah. Yeah. He, this Roby knows what he's doing. Yeah, I hope he's, so. He's, you know, he's the best. Is he, uh, so, are you mixing front of house yeah. on the tour? Sweet. No, he at all. Yeah. Just roll a bit of low end off, put a fader up, walk yeah. away. <laughs> That's easy. Everything's easy with him. He just throws all those pedals together and they turn on. <laughs> well, uh. Yep. Great. Well, maybe we could, uh, I don't know if you got, you got a schedule here today, so. But, um, maybe we it's could. Fine. You could tell us a little bit about, like, well, just, you know, kind of a briefly, when did you first start playing? What, how did you, what, what inspired you to pick up a guitar? And then how did you evolve into this distinctive uh, sound that you have? Who are your influences? Well, um, Chuck Berry, funnily enough. One particular song, uh, Memphis. And I was very young when I heard that on the radio. Yeah. And I just loved the atmosphere, the kind of, playful sunny it's got a sunniness about it that song and a cheekiness how does that one story go? do you remember the guitar uh, or just a little I've, taste I've of it i never tried to play it but it's uh, it's it's something oh yeah, yeah. it's yep. got that thing going on yep yep thank you yeah um so anyway uh, and uh the usual suspects i suppose you know you know i was nine years old when the beatles and the stones became known so that just blew the lid off everything you mean it was like great what? it was a british show i think oh yeah i saw it with one or two of my siblings yeah yeah or it them the stones yeah and we and it's it's, it's great so it's nine years old something wild you know yeah. from which we needed at that time and it that of course the stones would have introduced us all to the blues because they love the blues yeah and uh and then the who my generation, yeah, Jimi Hendrix, right. The the power and the glory of those wonderful records. And um, then, what drew you in the direction of having the one of the most identifiable, clean sounds of any guitar player? Like you're really well, a clean player. Yeah, I know that kind of just 
it just sort of happened when I first joined the band. I I had a, a 55 Les Paul Junior and a Marshall combo yeah. and a lead, and that was it. And so and everything turned up to 11 kind of thing, and that worked great at first, you know. And then we just experimented, and and uh, I don't know. I, I think it was. It wasn't all my doing. It was the other guys in the band and Rupert yeah. Hine and Steve Taylor. They couldn't encourage me to. Yeah. Hey, we liked it better when you played it clean that part. And, <laughs> right. Uh, and I've been doing some session work for a guy called Robin Scott, cool. who who's known for you know, M, mm -hmm. pop music. The pop 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 music. He did an album. The, Unfortunately, it didn't. The really famous go anywhere, song pop music. I, yeah. That, uh, but he, that people think. Ghostbusters stole yeah. stole Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis, but really Huey Lewis kind of stole the groove from M, arguably. I'm not saying they did, but they could yeah. have been influenced. And I suppose, and then you'd heard it before from the Stones in various, those yeah. chords, that chord sequence. But uh, So he kind of uh, enlightened me in, in terms of, he'd always say, I like to, I like these characters to come up one by one. Yeah. And I knew what he meant. It wasn't. It's not like everything was there in a big mush. It's just that one and that one and then that one. These yeah. here and the clarity. And of course, Rupert Hine had the same vision as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So when when, yeah. when we started working with Rupert Hine, it just yeah. came together. And I think the first track where I really did the kind of the clean Chang thing was uh, some people early on. That's I think one of the first tracks we recorded. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you ever play blues and stretch out and play like yeah. lead for five minutes? I, I mean, yeah. You know. I, I, you know, I, I, with other people I play yeah. with kind of more for fun than anything. Yeah. Yeah. In our area of England where we live, um, there's a guy, um, tragically he died, Will Glancy. He was a, a great, fantastic yeah. character. He kind of drove everything in this small village near where we live. And I was in. I've been in a three-piece, doing you know ACDC, Jimi Hendrix, Trapeze, yeah. and our own stuff with an, a guy called Gus Campbell as well. So now we're just a two-piece, sadly. But oh man, yeah, yeah. So but it, that was great fun. We just crank it up, no pedals. Yeah, straight in, clear Malcolm Young tone. <laughs> crank it up. So I guess probably the last question. I guess I would ask you guys, like, what's it like? You guys, you're together still. I don't know. Maybe, like, okay, the classic lineup is still here 40 years later. That's pretty unprecedented for most bands. Yeah. You guys still like each other? You guys buddies? Yeah, of course <laughs> we are, yeah. How do you hold yeah. it all together? How does it, you know? Well, uh, much as we annoy each other, you know, we... Yeah. It's a, it's a laugh. They're all, they're very funny guys. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's no holding back, you know. It's, it's, there are no... No boundaries, you know, humor-wise, you know. These days, we've got to be politically correct, but, yeah, you know, if it's five guys having a laugh, you know, we can, it's just the, the, the more surreal, the better. So that, that helps. Yeah. And we're pretty direct with each other, musically and in other ways. Yeah. We learn how to live with each other on a tour bus. Um, takes some doing. Right. But, you know... Uh, so it's just, I think, and we, we love what we do, we, and it's all about the music, really. And it's, it's the music, it's much bigger than anything else. Yeah. So we just, we live for that thing, that yeah. nervous half hour before the show, and 
have a couple of drinks if you know i do and you know what it's one of the few jobs you can it's okay to have a drink and then do the job if you're a right. surgeon you know it's gonna have a shot of whiskey then i'll just open yeah. this guy up that wouldn't really work unless he's a real boozer or she then you want that hand to be steady so they should probably have one shot oh yeah maybe yeah <laughs> maybe they do yeah uh, well. so yeah we we have um we have fun you know we're straight with each other we keep changing things musically we don't yeah. just do the same thing every time we, yeah we change things up we tried new songs and new old songs throw them in the set relearn yeah. them yeah. try different arrangements so keep it fresh very nice well congratulations on keeping it going all this time thank it's you a great band Oh, the time is safe.